Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's that time of year we focus on brackets. And with the snow melting, we're warming up a little bit, and basketball each night getting more and more important. That's what we're going to do today on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Welcome in. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher. And whenever we talk bracketology, I have my number one guy that I've gone to for the last decade or so. And I don't go to Brad Evans just because he's an Illinois graduate. I don't go to Brad Evans just because he grew up in Champaign for most of his young adult life. Uh, I go to him because, one, he's very entertaining. And Brad has that part of the industry down. Uh, He's always going to leave with a laugh with Brad. But I go to Brad because he's really good at his bracket big board. He's more accurate on his bracket big board than most of the well-known bracketologists, including the Four Letter Network. And he's very, very insightful. And of course, he knows so much about his beloved Illini. So today on the Illini Inquirer podcast, we talk bracketology with Brad Evans. And I must say, it's a very different conversation than I've had with Brad for a long time. Because we've had some intense uh, conversations with Brad during the John Gross era where they were sitting on that bubble and what do they need to do to get in. Uh, even John Gross's first year, you know, I think a lot of Illini fans were freaking out that Illinois didn't end the year all that well. I know they had the big win against Indiana and they had a nice couple wins there, but it's kind of back and forth with these losses. And Illini fans are freaking out and Brad said, they're in. Their, their resume is good and they ended up being a seven seed. Um, but we've had a lot of conversations about that bubble with Brad and as we've talked about on this pod before, that's more Indiana conversation right now. And I talked to Brad about the Big Ten teams on the bubble. We talk about what Illinois needs to do, especially after a loss to Michigan State, what they need to do to get a one seed, what they need to do or what their floor is if they have a rough end uh, to the season here. So we're talking really about one through four or five seeds here with Brad Evans, and that's certainly a different conversation. And I talked to Brad about that as just an Illini fan, what this has been like uh, for him to watch. We talked about Brad Underwood, who Brad has always been high on, Evans that is, uh, very high on Underwood. And I get into a conversation, a little bit of story about that as well. And we talked to him about what he thinks of this Illini team. Outside of the top three, which looks pretty clear in college basketball, how he thinks Illinois stacks up with that second tier of potential Final Four contenders. And we also talk about who are some potential teams Illinois doesn't want to see in its 16-team bracket um, region whenever they get there. So a little early NCAA tournament talk with Brad Evans, but boy, it's coming up quick. We're just, what, three weeks away from Selection Sunday here, two and a half weeks away from Selection Sunday. So let's dive into it. What's Illinois need to do good at one seed? What uh, is their floor and who don't they want to see? We talk about all those things coming up on the Online Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back into the Iwana Enquirer podcast, and let's talk some brackets. And I think for the first time that uh, I've had him on our show, like Illinois, or at least in eight years, Illinois safely in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they were last year, but of course that didn't happen. Uh, but he's Brad Evans, ftnfantasy.com. Go there. His bracket big board is updated every night, and he is the purveyor of that world-famous bracket big board. Uh, Brad, after that Michigan State loss, are you jumping off the Illini bandwagon? I saw some people doing that last night. Oh, yeah, recency bias is a hell of a drug, isn't it, Jeremy? Um, no, I'm not. You know, Brad Underwood, I think, really summarized it best, um, you know, saying, you know, we were due for one of these games. And, you know, sometimes Illinois is just inexplicable in their execution. And it's the, it's the little things that really madden and infuriate me. Like, I don't know, making free throws, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's you know, very fundamental to the game. It's one-on-one stuff. And Illinois just have these, you know, concentration lapses. And they get themselves in trouble. You know, I was I was talking to my wife. I was actually talking about this on my podcast, uh, Fade the Noise, uh, which you can download Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you download and listen to your podcast. Uh, yesterday, I actually took Michigan State plus seven. Hmm. And, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm worried about this game uh, because I think Illinois is going to go out and lay an ostrich-sized egg. I watched uh, a large chunk of that Michigan State-Indiana game, and something in Sparty just clicked. Uh, offensively, you know, there's been a cap on the rim for much of the year. They just have not put ball through cylinder in most of their matchups. You know, one of the worst teams, not only in the Big Ten offensively, but really in the, in the nation, you know, sub 1.00 points per possession up until they had performance in Bloomington where they needed 1.13 points per possession. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's the ball movement. I don't know if they were getting, you know, easier shots. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was just something that was a confidence builder in them. But whatever, whatever happened, you know, it all fit into place uh, nice and snug, and they were able to execute at a high level against Indiana. And then that carried over uh, against Illinois last night. Illinois missed a lot of chippies, obviously, around the rim. Uh, you know, a, a disgusting amount of layups uh, that they left, you know, trickle off the rim and that fall through for two. Uh, but you got to get credit to Michigan State. You know, they, they executed pretty high level offensively. The defense, uh, you know, has not really waned. And they really bodied up. I mean, Kofi Coburn, every time he touched the rock, there were three white jerseys around him. So Israel had a great game plan. You know, it, it worked out for him. And now Michigan State has, you know, played themselves into a bubble conversation. A lot of work to do. What's really fascinating, too, is that because of Illinois losing that game, it, it's not a black eye on the resume right. because now Michigan State, uh, you know, that was a quadrant one loss for Illinois. So, you know, they're still a two seed. I know Illinois got a very tough schedule, brutal way to end the season, back-to-back games against you know, Michigan and Ohio State on the road. Uh, but this is really going to, you know, prove this team's mettle 
and determine ultimately, I think, how far they could go. And I don't care about the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I'm just focused on, you know, the larger exercise and the whole shebang in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, that boils down to draw. And I think, you know, a lot of fans out there, you take the good with the bad. You got to hope that they can play consistent basketball over 40 minutes. Keep the faith. This team is damn good. And they have the ingredients when firing at all cylinders yeah. to win the entire NCAA tournament. Yeah, I want to dive into some of those details, Brad. But before we do, you grew up an Illini fan in Champaign. Um, what were the earliest teams you remember vividly? Well, obviously the flying Illini for okay. me. Um, you know, and I, I've had the opportunity to work with Stephen Bardo. Uh, you know, previously at Yahoo Sports, and Steve and I are, are really good friends. And I mean, we talk on the phone probably about you know once every couple of months. Uh, check in with one another. Uh, you know, I idolized Stephen Bardo uh, growing up as a kid. You know, that, that was my guy. You know, some people it was Nick Anderson, some people it was Kendall Gill, Lowell Hamilton. Nah, man, it was Bardo uh, because he defended his tail off. And uh, I, I loved his distribution skills and, you know, it's running, running the point for that team. And, you know, for me, that was, you know, the biggest memory, most vivid memory I had were those late 80s Illinois teams. And, of course, uh, then, you know, I lived in San Antonio, Texas uh, as a youth and it kind of bounced around. You know, I was a military family. My dad served in the, uh, the Air Force for nearly 30 years. Uh, and then I moved to Champaign and I was in like seventh grade. Um, and, you know, really then my Illinois fandom just skyrocketed from there. Right. Uh, you know, went to a lot of games uh, on a regular basis. You know, some of those Lou Henson teams in the 90s, watched a lot of Deion Thomas. I lived and died by Illinois basketball. You know, I, I wake up grumpy uh, if Illinois lost the game, you know, the day before. Um, you know, that's how invested I was emotionally as a kid and still am today. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more objective, at least I try to be, um, you know, covering the sport for a living, um, you know, as part of FTN Bets, FTN Fantasy and our networks uh, overall, but in doing some stuff on Sirius XM and ESPNU as well. But, yeah, I love Illinois. I bleed orange and blue. You know, a U of I graduate, uh, Champagne Centennial product as well. And, right. you know, it's really exciting to have the team back to a state of relevancy. And, and it's really a testament to Brad Underwood building the culture, uh, you know, behind the scenes. That was something hard for him. Um, you know, going back to his Stephen F. Austin days, you know, given his roots in, in Illinois and being assistant coach at one point at Western, for crying out loud. Yeah, let, let me you give know, you credit here, Brad. Let, let, you were the first one to, to say Brad Underwood to me. During that whole search, you're the you're the first one to say Brad Underwood to me, and I think it was just a couple of days later he was hired. Um, I, I want to get back to the, to the Illinois thing, but um, yeah, because I I, I want to ask you like how it feels for Illinois to be back in this kind of discussion. But Brad Underwood, like why did why were you the one to tell me Brad Underwood first? Like what did you see in him at Stephen F. Austin, Oklahoma State? Well, I, I just saw a guy that. Uh you know, was willing to make adjustments. And there are a lot of coaches out there that are just stubborn, right? You go to Jim Beheim, hey, Jim, why don't you run some man defense? Ah, get out of here. What's that? You know, he's so curmudgeon eating his boogers on the sidelines. Um, you know, he's, he's fixated on playing zone all the time. You know, he's not going to wane off of that. He's not going to, you know, adjust in any way, shape, or form. What Brad Underwood does is he's a guy that builds a system around the players that he recruits. And, you know, you've seen some of those subtle changes, you know, at you know, one time trying to figure out the puzzle of how, how do I play Kofi Coburn and Georgie B, you know, and he, you know, he would play him simultaneously last year. Then he's like, yeah, this is really working out. Uh, you know, Bashan Vili, his, his game really kind of you know, fell off as a result of it. Need to feature Kofi more, have Georgie kind of fall into more of a role player off the bench to be that true five backup 
on the floor. You know, it's those adjustments that he makes. I think he's a master motivator. He's got kind of an old school feel to him. You know, you know, coming from that Bob Huggins tree, um, there was a little bit of Huggins. You can tell that's you know a part of his personality. Uh, and he's just a super nice guy on top of it. You know, I, I, I think he's a, a, a phenomenal coach. Uh, Whitman nailed it, knocked it out of the park with that hire. And I remember vividly when all this stuff was going down, I was, I was in, a, in the green room on Yahoo's campus with Stephen Bardo because we were getting prepared to do a Selection Sunday show. And, uh, you know, John Gross was moving on and, and, you know, that whole divorce happened. And, you know, Steve and I were just talking. I'm like, Steve, like, who, who should Illinois hire? And we're just bouncing names off one another. We threw out, like, Quanzo Martin yeah. as a possibility. Of course, now he's, like, our arch nemesis, <laughs> right, at Missouri. And I said, what do you think about Underwood? He's like, yeah, man, I like Brad Underwood. I'm like, I do, too. I like him a lot. I'm like, put in a call. <laughs> Steve's like, uh, yeah, I think I will. I'll put in a call. There you go. And, and next thing, you know, so I, don't, Brad I don't think Evans, we had any influence. So Brad Evans, no, no, you, you take full, you take full, um, yeah, credit for that, Brad. Like you just say, Brad Evans, that's my headline. Brad Evans is the reason Brad Underwood is here. So there you go. I highly doubt that at all. I, I'm not even sure Brad Underwood even knows who the other Brad is. Uh, but uh, I will say this. Uh, you know, I was pushing through whatever limited resources I had behind the scenes to get Brad Underwood <laughs> on the sidelines in Illinois. And when it came to fruition, oh, my God, it was glorious. Yeah. So, so what's it mean to you as a fan, before I get to your objective bracket big board here, um, what's this return to the top 10 been like, or how's it felt for you? Uh, it, euphoric. Um, you know, again, you, you go back to just to some of the, the slog teams that Illinois had, you know, those last uh, couple of years under Bruce Weber, just the underachievement, uh, the ugly basketball that was played. And, you know, Underwood comes in and he says, you know, we want to go gate to gate in seven seconds. You know, that, that to me was so refreshing in that style of play. And, again, seeing the adjustments that he made uh, when things went south and he started off 0-6 and Big 12 play with Oklahoma State, and then they, you know, suddenly righted the ship with some of the tweaks that he made, the adjustments that he made, tightening here, tightening there, and they ended up getting in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that was remarkable. So, you know, seeing that Underwood style come in and really take hold uh, has been very rewarding for me. And, and seeing the level of recruits that have come in and have really fully invested into the system uh, and building up, again, that identity and that culture. And, you know, that's just so key, right? You know, I, I look at the success that Lowell Hamilton has. And by the way, Jeremy, just random thought, I think uh, Lowell Hamilton is actually – or not Lowell Hamilton, but uh, Leonard Hamilton is actually a vampire. I don't know if you've looked at him, but the man is 72 years old, and he hasn't aged at all. Like, if, if he went to a bar, he might get carded. It's, like, ridiculous how young he looks. But you know exactly what Florida State recruits, yep. right? It's length, it's athleticism, and guys that can knock down the three. And, you know, that's Florida State through and through. And you know that because Hamilton's been there for, you know, 10,000 years because, again, he's a vampire. <laughs> so I think he was born in, like, 1261 somewhere in Transylvania. Uh, and then, you know, flew as a bat over uh, the Atlantic Ocean to North America and, and build up, you know, one of the you know, great teams in the ACC right now, the Florida State Seminoles. But, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get with that team year in and year out. And, you know, I, I think Underwood's trying to establish that same sort of identity. And, and I think he has planted firm roots. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. We're seeing the sprouts come up from the soil. And this is just the beginning, folks. You know, even if, you know, Iowa's gone, uh, his draft stock is going through the roof here. 
you know, despite the hiccup that he had against Michigan State, you know, I think he's going to be, when it's all said and done, probably back in lottery pick. You know, we'll see what the performance is in the postseason, which, you know, when the spotlight is cast on the biggest stage. Uh, and Kofi Coburn, we'll see, you know. Uh, it's unfortunate. He would have been a lottery pick, you know, 15 years ago in the NBA. But the modern NBA game, it's, it's kind of an ill fit across the board. But, you know, I, I think right now, you know, Illinois is in great hands, and I think there is going to be more success stories to come for this team. And, and we're going to be consistently inside the top 25 year in and year out with Brad Underwood running the show. Great stuff. Brad Evans, uh, I wanted to ask about, you know, the expectations are so high for Illinois this year that, you know, yesterday the Big Ten tournament basically goes poof, or the Big Ten championship, because Michigan is so dang good. And and I didn't see Michigan being this good. I thought they could be top five in the Big Ten. I didn't see them kind of yeah. running away with the league here. But but they've kind of joined the ranks of Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, but outside of that clear top three, how does the eye test look for Illinois compared to all these other teams in that next tier, whether it's, you know, Ohio state or Iowa or Alabama, Virginia, Nova. I mean, you mentioned Florida state. That's the one team I, I think Illinois definitely does not want to see in its on its side of the bracket, um, given the length, uh, physicality, um, athleticism yep. has, has bothered them. Um, how do you think Illinois stacks up with the rest of that next tier? I think they track a stack up extraordinarily well. I mean, Alabama is, is always just, difficult to gauge because they can, you know, just vaporize the opposition uh, offensively. You know, the issues that Illinois had, you know, about a month ago where they were not doing well in terms of ball rotations, communication along the perimeter, and teams were just drilling threes left and right against them. I mean, could you imagine that version of Illinois going up against Alabama? I mean, Bama would probably drop 30 trays on them, you know, and, and that would be, you know, totally you know, predictable in my estimation. Uh, that's just how nuclear – the Crimson Tide can be, and, and, you know, sometimes they're contested threes and they're just knocking them down. So, you know, Alabama is a tough team to really match up with uh, due to their helter-skelter style of play, the fact that they really defend quite well. And people might say, and this is why efficiency data on a per-possession basis is far more accurate and valuable than, say, oh, the Team X is giving up uh, 76.5 points per game. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I care about more of the points per possession basis because Alabama – is one of the fastest teams in the country uh, on a per-possession basis. They're in elite defense, right? They're number two in adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. So, you know, Illinois, for the most part, and like Alabama scares me a little bit uh, just because of their radioactivity from outside. Uh, but, you know, Illinois obviously matches up well with Iowa. We saw that story play out. I think Iowa really struggles with elite athletic guards. Uh, and Illinois, obviously, with Io DeSumo has that. And, you know, Trent Frazier is, you know, fantastic and one of the best on-ball defenders, uh, not only in Big Ten, but in college basketball, and a guy that, in his own right, can, you know, transform into a nuclear producer from outside. Um, Illinois matches up well against Villanova, this Villanova team. I think people are overvaluing overall. Uh, defensively, they are a shell of previous versions. West Virginia, I think Illinois could hang with. Uh, you know, Derek Holver versus Kofi Coburn would be terrific television. Uh, you know, finding a way to try to neutralize Deuce McBride would be difficult. But, you know, you look at the national landscape, you know, outside of just the select few teams, I think Florida State would cause Illinois problems. I think USC could cause Illinois problems because they're also long and athletic with the Mobley's there and Evan Mobley going to be a top five overall NBA pick. But outside of that, man, uh, they match up well with anybody in the country. So, you know, as long as Illinois is bringing at least, I would say, a B, B-plus game in the in-state tournament, round in and round out, uh, I don't think they're really going to have any major speed bumps until the second weekend of the tournament. 
And hell, they may not even have any major speed bumps depending upon how the cards fall until the final four. There you go. Some confidence uh, from Brad Evans. I think some Illini fans need to hear that after after a loss. Um, so they're still in contention for a number one seed here. Um, but what does that loss to Michigan State mean for them? What do they have to do to lock up a number one seed and, and steal that one away? As you know, I mean, there's so many variables to play, right? right? Uh, it's all you know determining on what else, you know what the other teams do that are above them right now in the bracket line, like a Baylor. I mean, Gonzaga. Uh, is locked into a one seed. You know, they're they're not going to lose another game in the WCC. Uh, they could go out and get beat by, I don't know, Pacific or Loyola Marymount or whoever in round one of the WCC, and I still think they're going to be on the one line. Yeah, let's talk about Baylor real quick. You know, Baylor's strength of schedule right now is north of 200. And, you know, this is a team that uh, hopefully is going to play West Virginia twice, and they, they've got some potholes upcoming. And, you know, things could devolve very rapidly for the Bears. I still can't believe that Iowa State pushed them to the limit. <laughs> Uh, last night, but, you know, we'll see what shakes out there. But, you know, I think really the bottom line here is uh, Illinois has got to win out, essentially. You know, they've got two, actually three golden opportunities. And, again, it's just a murderer's row. At Wisconsin, they match up really well with the Badgers. We saw in that first matchup uh, at the State Farm Center. I think they could handle business on the road, but, you know, still on the road in the Big Ten, even though there's little to no fans that are there. Uh, But let's say, you know, they beat Nebraska, they beat Wisconsin, and then you've got this gauntlet of Michigan and Ohio State. Um, if they split, I still think they would be in the one-seat conversation, though I think the odds would be fairly long. If they win both of those games, and they win a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament, again, a lot of variables to play with some of the other teams and, and how they perform down the stretch, I think they're right there. So, you know, again, I, I know we all get obsessed with, you know, is this team going to be on the one line? Is this team going to be on the two line? All that doesn't matter because once Selection Sunday happens and the pairings come out, everything gets thrown out the window. Nobody cares about one seed. Nobody cares about two seed. All people care about is what is my path? What is my road? Who could we face that could be a matchup problem for Team X and getting to the Final Four? That's all that matters. So I think for Illini Nation that's listening to this right now, you know, just cool your jets. Don't worry about, you know, where Illinois lands in the one line. They focus more on what the draw is going to be, and then we can panic. Yeah. I mean, four, would you say the four of this team? Is it three, four seed? Like, if they struggle and lose three games to end the season, or are they on a three, four line, somewhere like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you're, you've got an extraordinary net ranking, um, and that's going to be buoyed by a strong strength of schedule. Uh, the fact that Illinois has got seven quadrant one wins under their belt, and that's not going to change. Um, you know, it, it, with seven quadrant one wins, you know, even if they lose out and they stumble early to Big Ten tournament, I think at worst you're looking at a four seed, a team that would be, you know, limping into the postseason, but still one that people, you know, would see as a one, two, or three in their region. And it'd be like, uh, Schneikes, uh, <laughs> we hope that the A version of Illinois doesn't show up because if they do, we're all screwed. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think worst case scenario, you're looking at a four. Ultimately, I think they're going to land on the 2-3 line when it's all said and done. And again, all I care about is what is the road? What is the path? And let's hope it's not Florida State. Let's hope it's not USC uh, in the early rounds, potentially for the Illini. Okay, those are a couple like the 2-3-4 lines that you might want to avoid. Is there like a 7 
that that or a six that you'd want to avoid? Like, can you put somebody on the radar already from like that ranking that you'd want to avoid if you're an Illini fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now. It's like projected six seeds. Uh, it's Purdue, it's Wisconsin. You know, for teams that we're familiar with, obviously, Oklahoma State would not be worried about them. Clemson, Clemson just. God, they play an ugly, barf-inducing brand of basketball, uh, Brad Brownlee. I mean, it's just half-court, rock'em, sock'em robots. Got to slow it down, um, you know, try to bludgeon you defensively. I think Illinois would hold their own there. I don't I don't see Clemson really having any answer for Kofi Coburn in particular. Uh, interestingly, like, you know, on the seven-seed line, we got Missouri there, but they're in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a team, obviously, that gave Illinois troubles, beat Illinois because of their uh, length. And, you know, some of their athleticism, particularly in the interior. Uh, LSU, they're a joke uh, defensively. I would not be worried about them. Colorado, when we were worried about them, I wouldn't be worried about BYU. You know, maybe a Loyola Chicago, because uh, similar to Clemson, they play a real, you know, grind you down, slow down kind of game. And Cameron Crutwig is a stud. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see, I would love to see Cameron Crutwig go up against Kofi Coburg. I, I just like, you know, for, for selfish reasons, I'd just like to see how that would play out. Yeah. Uh, and Kurt Wig is such an incredible passing big man, and they've got some of the perimeter shooters there in Williamson and Norris that can really knock down some of those outside shots. And, you know, really Loyola, to me, reminds me of Virginia. Um, you know, they just they slow you down. They're calculated, methodical in their execution. And the half court, um, you know, that, that's a team that could keep Illinois on a transition and really try to frustrate them by slowing that tempo down. So that's a team that, for anybody, you know, I, no matter if we're talking Illinois, if we're talking, you know, Michigan or Ohio State, I don't think anybody wants to see Loyola Chicago in the 8-9 line. Yeah. I can tell you that right now because that's a team that is capable of getting back to the Final Four. This year's Ramblers team is better than the 2018 version. I'm going to stick to that. Uh, Brad, it feels like Maryland is, is kind of safely in, at least at this point, unless they stumble here down the stretch. So of, of the three real bubble teams in the Big Ten, and we throw Michigan State into there, Michigan State, Indiana, Minnesota, who are you most confident makes it of those teams? Man, yeah, that's a that's a tough question to answer right now. I mean, Minnesota, as it stands at the taping of this pod, last team in on my bracket big board. Uh, they are it as an at-large, uh, and I don't feel really good about it. I mean, 61 in the net, um, you got a 4-10 and 10 mark against quadrant one competition, but really what Minnesota can hang its hat on is the fact that it's played a top-12 strength of schedule. Yep. And, you know, in the selection committee's eyes, that is going to be a, re- a real differentiator. Um, you know, it's all about challenging your team, and, it's it, you know, it's odd in these COVID times because scheduling has just been so difficult for so many coaches with the cancellations you know, across the board in, in terms of non-conference action, just limitations in general in terms of, you know, schedules, even, you know, rescheduling in league action, you know, and, and just, you know, trying – Illinois is a prime example, trying to get Michigan on the docket, you know, trying to get some of these other games made up. You know, it's been a bit of a chore for a lot of teams. So, but for Minnesota, you know, that's going to stand out when the selection committee is, is looking and really analyzing under a microscope all of the necessary ingredients that go into the selection process. So, you know, I think Minnesota probably has the best chance right now. And, and folks, you know, don't cue Janet Jackson. It's not what have you done for me lately, okay? It's about full body of work. And in Minnesota, their resume right now is what Maryland's was about a week ago. You know, they have no bad losses. You know, all 10 of their losses have been against quadrant one competition. And three of the so, best damn you know, wins got, in the country, right? I mean, three of the best yeah. damn wins in the country. 
Yeah, it's exactly right. So that's going to really stand out. It's not how you finish. It's the entirety of your resume. So I think that's where Minnesota has the advantage, you know, over Michigan State, who's got to get a, a few more wins under its belt, but they don't have any bad losses either. So Michigan State played a 168 strength schedule compared to Minnesota's 12. And then there's Indiana. And Indiana, you know, we're taping this. Uh, they got a ma- massive game tonight against Rutgers, right? You know, that game is very bubble-icious. Uh, I would say it's really almost a must-win for both because Rutgers has really fallen and fallen hard here. If Rutgers were to lose that, they get in a very precarious position. Uh, Indiana loses it. Uh, they're going to fall behind Duke. Uh, they're going to fall behind Georgia Tech. Uh, and some of these other bubble teams that are starting to rise up the ranks very slowly, getting some of these marquee and signature wins under their belt. Great stuff. Uh, Brad Evans, FTNFantasy.com. Brad, I, I know you're one of the busiest men in sports media, so what do you got coming up for uh, for the fans, especially the, the college basketball fans here? Well, every single night, you know, Joe Lenardi only updates his bracket like once a week. I do it every night. Boom. Uh, and I do it live and in real time. Um, so, you know, you go to FTNBets.com. It's free to access my bracket big board. It's, it's nice and clean and shiny and new. Uh, the FTN uh, Family Networks I co-founded with Kevin Adams, uh, and that's where that bracket big board lives. So you check it out every single night and see all the movement there. Uh, host a show on ESPNU Radio and Sirius XM every single Tuesday. It's a rotation myself, Sean Farnham, and Dallin Cuff. Uh, we just did our first episode last night, had a ton of fun there, breaking down all the brackets and the odds that are out there because I love to bet. Uh, and I have a podcast, FTN. Uh, it's called Fade the Noise uh, for the longer version. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or if you download and list your podcast, it's a daily podcast I crank out all college basketball, some NBA player props who work in there as well. Uh, and I have a show, too, on SiriusXM's Fantasy Channel I do every single day called Fade the Noise as well, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And something else, Jeremy, I'm super stoked about. Uh, we're going to be cranking out at FTN a NCAA tournament bracket guide so it's a scouting report breakdown of every team in the tournament myself mike kutry john fendler these guys know they play college basketball they know what they're talking about Uh, we've been scouting teams taking notes on teams so it's it's a one-stop shop we're going to be selling it for 795 as a pdf at ftnbets.com and you'll be able to see it on my social media at noisy huevos as well but There'll be pluses and minuses, player to watch, and an outlook. It is like about a 250-word uh, preview of every single team in the tournament with odds in there, some of our favorite teams. It is indispensable if you're in an office pool or you want to get a little action on a futures wager for this year's NCAA tournament. And that will be released uh, the Monday after Selection Sunday, again, at SEMBets.com. Fantastic stuff. Brad Evans, you're the goods, man. Thanks. Muchas gracias, amigo. Go Illini! He calls himself Noisy Huevos for a reason. And give him a follow on Twitter, at Noisy Huevos. Uh, and check out his website, ftnfantasy.com. You can check out his bracket big board. He's always tweeting it out as well. So go check that out. Support um, an Illinois graduate and support somebody who works his butt off in the media field. And, yeah, he and Stephen Bardo have always done great content around the college uh, NCAA tournament as well. So I'm sure we'll be on the lookout for some of that. All right, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I always enjoy talking with Brad. I, I, I'm in a, one of his fantasy football leagues, and we've been doing that for, for a long time. Uh, but with him out um, out of the area and not getting back here, obviously with the pandemic and stuff, haven't seen him in a while, haven't talked to him in a while, so it was always good to catch up with him. 
We have a lot of content up on the site, including some Illinois football recruiting, the latest offer to an in-state kid, Aiden Laffery, uh, just down the road at GCMS. I mean, it's a 40, 45-minute ride, but yeah, it's a, it's a local kid in Ford County. Not a lot of you know, FBS, even Power 5 prospects come out of there. Mike Allen's done an unbelievable job at GCMS uh, in that program. I actually covered them when I was at the Paxton Record, making a trip to the state semifinals, I believe it was at the time, and they've gone further than that to the state championship. So uh, Aiden Laffery is a really good talent, 10-7 in the 100 meters, and that was a year and a half ago, basically, two years ago. Um, so now that he's going into his junior season, close to his senior year, uh, Illinois gets into the mix along with Washington State and Rutgers on that one. I caught up with Aiden. Also, Nate McNeil making his return to the Illini recruiting department after a couple of years at Temple. He was here under Lovey Smith, really helped Illinois get into Chicago Phillips and land a couple kids there, got into the Jaleel Billingsley sweepstakes, and they were leading that for a little bit before Alabama came in, swooped in, and he was great in the national championship uh, game as well. And, of course, Derek and Joey were up at East Lansing, got plenty of content up on the site about the Illinois loss to Michigan State, and we'll have plenty coming up leading into the Nebraska game and senior day as well. Check all that out at the line I inquire. You can get 50% off a VIP annual membership the first year of your membership, plus a complimentary subscription to CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus. It's going to turn into Paramount Plus next month. Uh, you can get that all great deal, more than $50 of savings just on the VIP membership. And then what, $100 of savings or so with CBS All Access and Paramount Plus. Um, it's just a ridiculous amount of savings there. I think it's a pretty good deal. So try us out. I think you'll really, really like it and like the value of all of that. And with the podcast, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.